0: Assalamu alaykum. Greetings and may peace be upon you all.
1: Welcome welcome everybody. <clears throat> I am back from Havana and I have had uh some amazing healing time that helped me to reflect even more on the interesting journey that um I took with a friend, close very close friend partner And I had so many lessons I have to share with you, and especially about a book. My book, especially about a book that I read in the last week that, for the first time, that opened my eyes about some very important things that we need to know if we're going to put an end to the wars, the endless wars. That have been plaguing us for hundreds of years, all intentional by the way, so welcome everybody. Thank you for calling in, and my first question for you is how many of you know anything about the Bay of Pigs uh, that relates to Cuba? This was on my mind for. So long before I even decided to go to Cuba or wanted to go to Cuba, I have have always thought about the conflict we had uh, with Cuba that almost put us in a war, I mean, a big war with Cuba. The Cuban Missile Crisis, I think that's what it was called. How many of you know anything about the Cuban Missile Crisis? That's my question for you. Because that's where I'm starting tonight, the history. The history about the relationship with the United States and Cuba, a communist government under Fidel Castro. And this, you'll see how important this is moving forward, developing a plan to change the dynamics around war, and the people, power to the people instead of governments that are so corrupt and so evil and so uh, malicious. This is what my part of my life lesson is, is knowing the history of Cuba, Havana, Cuba. I mean, we're only an hour and a half away by plane from Miami or Fort Lauderdale, Miami. To Havana, an hour and a half away, this is an island that is so small compared to the United States that you would think we'd have the friendliest and the best relationship with this this beautiful place Fidel Castro I want to first of all give you a little history about Fidel Castro Fidel Castro governed this uh island for over. 40 years, over 40 years. He was a revolutionary. He was a politician. He was a prime minister. And then eventually he became the president from 1976 to 2008. So for 22 years, no, more than that, 32 years, this man was president alone. 32 years he was president. So Fidel Castro uh, governed this island with a revolutionary mind, I believe. So back in those days it was probably a more harmonious, less poverty uh in the in the island. But once Fidel Castro passed on his brother took over and now today there's turmoil and poverty and all kinds of confusion going on. But let me first of all give you the best part of my Cuba adventure. The best part of my Cuba adventure was meeting a family from Tennessee and spending uh, a whole day basically with four generations, four generations, of Americans and one and and Cubans. Actually there were native Cubans with us as well as uh Americans family. I love this family. We are now family. This is my first time meeting the I would say the Allen family. And I just love these people so much. They were so beautiful. Four generations. A 2-year no, let me see. A 9-month-old, a 2-year-old, their parents, And then the grandparent of one of the parents, and then another great grandparent, and it might have been five, let's see, might have been five generations. But that was the best part of my journey, is in getting to know these people for the first time, all of us coming from different areas, and then the Four generations stayed upstairs at an Airbnb. I stayed downstairs with my partner in an Airbnb. And we got together occasionally. I have some great video I'll be posting on my YouTube channel soon. That was just the most awesome time with that family. I love them so much and so grateful that I got to meet them and spend time with them. The one uh, person who is responsible for us having smooth travel, throughout Havana for a whole day was a tall, dark, and handsome Cuban man. I mean, really tall, dark, and handsome, honey. Just a, beaut- a specimen of beauty in every way. Tall, six foot seven, dark, handsome, just awesome. So, of course, he spoke fluent Spanish, so he ordered all the taxis for us to go to lunch at a Chinese restaurant of all places. And then all the taxis to come back home. And then later that evening, we all went out to what they called the factory. And he ordered all the taxis. We had to take more than one taxi because we had so many people. And we had taxis going. And and he ordered all. a fluent, it it pays to have a fluent Spanish-speaking person with you in Cuba, Havana. No need to translate anything. He was there for us. Except they missed their flight. The first day so my partner and I were on our own and I think that's maybe where we uh, picked up maybe a bug of some kind but we didn't get sick until we got back to the United States in fact a day after we returned to the United States the headache started in my partner the feverishness started in his body the coughing and then the next day I started getting a headache feeling feverish. And so for three days, we just had to rest. It was no just drinking tea and resting, not eating a lot. And the beauty and the blessing from that is we got detox from all the pollution, from all the old cars because Cuba and Havana doesn't import any American cars. Havana doesn't have any fast food joints either, which is a blessing Oh, in so many ways they they've gotten rid of American negative American influences for the most part are out. No McDonald's, no Chick-fil-A's, no whatever fast food. So you have a lot of thin people. Not not much obesity there at all. People are thin, walking around doing. Some people are very sad looking because we were told there's a lot of starvation, poverty, whatever. But then One night, we had a group of teenagers walking toward, or not teenagers, I don't know, young people walking toward us in the middle of the street. This is about 10 or 11 at night. Young people are laughing and, and having a good time. And one girl just breaks out in a cartwheel right in the middle of the street, just having a great time. So it really was a beautiful representation of the variety and the diversity of that island, and I mean, in terms of color, nationality, race, culture, age, everything, there's a quite a beautiful diversity in Cuba in Havana, and unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to go outside much of Havana. We were in the city with all the car pollution, so the lesson for us was learn the lessons and then come back and share the lessons so the first lesson that I want to share with you is looking back on the Bay of Pigs, back to the Bay of Pigs, the Cuban Missile Crisis. What was that all about? What was that all about? Why were we even considering going to war? Why were we even considering fighting a small island like Cuba? Well, one one would say, uh, it was about the communism that Fidel Castro was promoting and leading and all that. that. That's one aspect of why the CIA and the U.S. government saw a need to start a conflict with Cuba. But I want to give you a current-day perspective on that, and it's by Robert F. Kennedy, Jr. This, this is the synchronicity of the week. The synchronicity of the week for me was, number one, returning to the United States and seeing this book for the first time and reading it and just being in shock about what I read that I have to share with you. And then the synchronicity of tuning in to YouTube and seeing Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's running for president, seeing him explain what happened from his perspective as the nephew of the President of the United States back then, John F. Kennedy, Jr. Fascinating, fascinating summary of what he heard and saw. So I'm going to play that interview. He was sitting in a barbershop with some brothers. I don't know who these guys were. I just, synchronicity, by chance, coincidence, I came upon this video, and he broke it down, what was really happening. Uh, in back in 19, we're going to say 19, the Bay of Pigs, where, where are you? Mus- Missile crisis, I believe it was 1965. Now, I was only 11, 10 years old. So how many baby boomers out there remember the Cuban Missile Crisis or the Bay of Pigs incident when John F. Kennedy, Jr. was president? But not junior. Yeah, we rock when John F. Kennedy was president. How many of you remember that event? And I don't. I don't think I remember reading about it or anything like that. But nineteen, no, nineteen sixty-one is when that occurred. Nineteen sixty-one. Oh, we got a hand up. Nineteen sixty-one is when that happened. And we all didn't think, I'm sure none of us thought about the seriousness of it too much or what was actually going on, but when you hear what Robert F. Kennedy explained what was going on behind closed doors, you might be as shocked as I am. Let me go open If Somebody raised their hand when I asked if any of you remember the Bay of Pigs and what was going on with the Cuban Missile Crisis? So I'm going to open up the mic. Three one two five nine seven. Are you saying you remember that that conflict?
2: Oh yeah, I'm a sixty, I'm a sixty baby
3: sixty seventy baby. No, speak up. Speak up. Just cool. I'm a sixty, I'm a sixty seven baby. You're a 67 baby? sixty seven baby. Sixties and seventies.
1: So what do you what do you remember about the Cuban Missile Crisis or the Bay of Pigs incident?
2: I mean, I asked my mother and she said that's what they do. They're gonna always have rumors of wars and it's always about land
3: or possession.
2: So there's been thousands of war threats. Some have turned into you know, they want to take people to war every, what, four years, I think? Father served in Vietnam. Uh, war came back and had me, so I'm a veteran's baby.
1: Okay, so, so let me pause there. Hold on, let me pause there. I'll come back to you because I want to get to the question, if you know the details. Let me ask three, two, one, three, six, eight. You know the details of the Bay of Pigs and the Cuban Missile Crisis? Three, two, one, three, six, eight.
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: I was, you know, you said you were 10, so, you how know, about that I can't one. hear, I can't hear. Okay, let me, let me do this. I've got my, um...
4: <clears throat> okay, you should be able to hear me now, can you?
1: That's better, thank you. This is Mikael, my partner. How are you?
4: I'm blessed. What about you?
1: I'm good. <laughs> what do you remember about the Bay of pigs uh in the uh in Cuban missile Crisis? Okay.
4: I was older than you, I was seventeen and so um I knew from the news and everything and what was going on at school. Um, at that particular time. It was a lot of fear. Um in school they was tell they was telling us what to do if uh there was a... Uh, missiles uh to come in and everything you saw the drop and, and they okay. showed you how to you know cover your he- head and get under the desk and all that kind of stuff so yeah, it was like that a lot of people were were fearful uh wondering what to do, what we're gonna do uh with Cuba being so close and missiles being there, and so the media had really trumped it up it was it was a really a big crisis and 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 the country was really prepared for war.
1: Okay. So so it was a pretty serious thing, right? Yeah. So I don't think um so you're you're one of the, the few people that I know that who can even tell that story that, you know, we were you were actually being prepared for a war that might affect the United States, right?
4: That's right. And uh, I remember uh, also they were sent, the United States sent, sent uh, they had ships and stuff that was mobilized uh, in that area, actually between uh, Florida and, you know, and Cuba. And I remember they had the, the ships out there and everything. It was on the news and, uh, you know, it was, and then, you know, it was on TV. So. <laughs> You know, T V was was uh was fairly new. And so uh everybody didn't have T V but if you didn't have T V you heard you people even even with the T V everybody listened to the radio every day. So you were up on the news. And they talked about Thank it.
3: Thank you. They talked
4: about it. They got together back in those days. There was a lot of communing together and so the the old folk, they'd get together and talk about it, you know, and and so as children, a lot of times we not only got a chance to see it on TV, hear it on the radio, but then we would hear their perspective of it.
3: Okay, so that's pretty much what I remember about it.
1: So thank you, because that's I'm sure that's what the average American member who was old enough to listen to the news, watch the news, think, have a process of wondering what's going on, what's going on. I'm going to play for everybody what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. knew about that situation, especially um, how his uncle, John Kennedy, was being influenced to go to war. And another part of it is that... um, The people behind these decisions are still moving for endless wars. And tonight my intention is to bring forth some consciousness ideas about how we can end, put a stop to the endless wars as conscious people. And a lot of it has to do with making choices about how we live. Uh, the Secret Terrorist that I'm going to go into more uh, is about the wicked, evil people uh, who have been at work for many, many years creating wars. For what purpose? For power and for pure evil, in my opinion. So we want to go into that tonight because this is a season... For the people to take back their power. Even today, when I watched um, what's going on in Cuba today, the people are still people are protesting now because their government is worse from when Castro left. They're now is, as we saw when we were in Havana, the situation in many ways is worse than ever, and the people have been protesting for a couple of years. It's time for United States, Cuba, all countries. To take back our sovereignty and this revelation that Robert F Kennedy is going to make for us should motivate you to think about how we do that so listen to what Robert F Kennedy has to say
5: but Eisenhower made the most important speech probably now in American history where he warned America that if you um, that if we were not careful that the military industrial, this permanent warfare economy and machine that we created would destroy our democracy, would subvert all of the institutions that we've created, would impoverish our country and turn us into a surveillance and security state. And um, my uncle, he actually tried to make peace with the Soviet Union, but the CIA thwarted him. Alan Dulles ordered him, and my uncle comes in. What was the guy's name? Alan Dulles. He's the guy who he was the big deal in American history. He's Alan the guy okay. who turned the CIA into this, you know, machine for overthrowing democracies and um, and you know turned it against the American people. And he was, you know, he then lied to my uncle about the Bay of Pigs. My uncle said, "Why are we going down?" Because they My uncle comes into office, and they said, they said, first thing you need to know is we're about to invade Cuba. It's a secret. We've trained 2,000 Cuban troops. They're, you know, they're they're armed, they're dangerous, and we're going to send them down, and we're going to overthrow Castro, and we're going to need U.S. military support. And my uncle said, I'm not doing that. Why? He said, I don't like that Castro has a communist government, but that's Cuba's business. It's not American business. People can choose their own governments and experiment with them. And we don't have to like them, but we don't have the right to change them. And America's not going to, you know, invade a little tiny country that's a bad look and be a bully. And he said, Dulles and his Joint chief said, well, don't worry. Uh, The troops are going to go over there and you just need to carry them to the Navy and then they'll do all the fighting. And my uncle said, well, castro has got 200,000, an army of 200,000 men. How are these 2,000 men going to defeat that army? And he said, the, the CIA lied to him, and they said, we've infiltrated the army. We know that they're going to rise up and turn on Castro as soon as our men land. Mm-hmm. And my uncle said, well, you're not using the U.S. military. My uncle didn't want to send them, but the CIA said, if you keep these guys here, they're going to cause terrible trouble
6: because they're armed and
5: dangerous. And they're gonna con- con- consider you a traitor and they're gonna cause a lot of trouble. So my uncle said, you're not gonna use the US military, so they got United Fruit, which owned all the sugar cane before Cashew had thrown them out to give them boats to bring those men over. And then they died on the beach or were captured by Cashew. And that's what my uncle said, I want to shatter him the CIA in a thousand pieces and scattered to the winds. My uncle then, you know, the CIA wanted him to go into Laos, he refused. They wanted him to go to Vietnam, he refused. They wanted him to go to war in sixty two with Russia. Instead he made friends secretly with Khrushchev. Mm -hmm. They started Mm -hmm. corresponding with each other and they both realized that they were surrounded by people who wanted them to go to war. And I and my uncle kept kept them out Uh, but the military but then my uncle's killed almost certainly by the CIA and the military-industrial complex. My father then runs against them. He also gets killed, um, again, almost certainly by the CIA. The man who actually fired the shots and killed him was a CIA asset, a guy called Eugene St. Uh Lee Harvey Oswald, we now know, was a CIA asset. Yeah. Um, so, uh And the you know the military industrial and we went through all of these traumas. My father said, Dr. King said, Malcolm X said, the Vietnam War, the um, 9/11, and COVID. Each one pushed us further down the road into a security state, into becoming more a possession of the military. When Mitch McConnell was asked about, well, you know, why are we spending 113 billion in in uh, Ukraine? He said, uh, well, uh, he said, don't worry about it, because that money is not actually staying in Ukraine. It is going to military contractors. It's just going over, you know, technically going to Ukraine, but we're actually just buying. going to general dynamics. Of course,
3: yeah, other right." And he
5: said, so it's all American companies, and that's good for our country.
3: Yeah. And, that's and, that the and That is their
5: rationale, and and they're, they're, over there they're killing Ukrainian kids, so nobody here is going to complain because nobody here is you know watching the coffins come home.
7: Right.
5: And so it's the perfect war for the military; they get to you know get re up their contracts, and you know, and those are the people who drive policy in Washington D.C. So, so is Mitch McConnell, they. So he's part of them. Okay. I mean, Joe Biden okay. is they. Because you know, when you Joe say Biden Joe there. Biden, when you say, say the, the military-industrial complex, I'm still looking for names. Like where the my Victoria experience. Newland, Joe Biden, Anthony Blinken, those are the people who are tra- who are tried. Those, 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 those three names. Yeah, those three names. Okay. So when you get in, Joe Biden will go. and You'll <laughs> yeah. fire
2: the other guys. That. That's no. The nice? the,
5: yeah. All of those. You know, I I will reorganize the CIA and I'm gonna. We have 800 bases abroad. You know how many of the Chinese have? One and a half. I, I, the Russians may have one.
1: So that is a current uh, explanation of what many of us had no idea was going on, the CIA pushing then-President Kennedy. Now, remember, Eisenhower was out of office. I got somebody texting me about Eisenhower having something to do with that. but and when eisenhower left office kennedy came in and right away the cia wanted to let him know uh, let him know who was in charge and somebody just said what is rfk so he's just joining us robert f kennedy junior just explained how the cuban missile crisis came to be the bay of pigs you can this up on Google or Wikipedia, it's all there, this is all history, Robert F. Kennedy was explaining what President Kennedy was was facing as a president with the CIA and who knows who else forcing him to go to war with Cuba. Unfortunately, it was the biggest disaster that the U.S. has ever uh, faced. Uh, Fidel Castro had such good support from his people that the the few uh for inform- the few traitors that the 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 CIA tried to influence to take over Cuba, they were wiped out by Castro Fidel Castro's army basically. Uh, so it was a failure. And Kennedy, as some of you might be thinking. Well, when I, especially when I talk about the secret terrorists and who's behind all this, Kennedy was not a Jesuit. And as we learn in this book, um, <clears throat> the wars that have been fought, especially Vietnam War, uh, these are the wars that Kennedy did not want to fight. So guess what? Assassinations. They assassinate people who go against their efforts to keep these Endless war zone. So my and, and we might be ready for a uh let me see, Naima, let me know when you're ready for a commercial break. Let me see. I don't know I got so many texts going here. Uh okay. So Naima, just let me know when you're ready. Uh we have so many endless wars going that um we haven't had any idea really of why and and when they're going to end or what. They're not going to end until we, as citizens of the United States, stop choosing to support the companies that are funding the endless wars. This is just one aspect of how we end and stop this endless war game. So we're ready for a break. And when we come back, I want to share with you uh, the parts of the book, The Secret terrorists, and what it really means uh, for the last hundreds of years, why we've been in these endless wars and who are the enemies, the true enemies, and why some of you might get triggered and I might lose friends, but I'm not afraid to lose friends these days. I'm, I'm more afraid to disconnect from my creator, my spirit of life and truth than I am in losing friends. And if you're in a religious mind tonight, eh, you might want to leave the party right now because we're going to bring down the religious mind because that's what the problem is. When you look at these endless wars, uh, there is a group that is fueling them, and there are companies that are fueling them. And it's time for us to look at these companies, look at the group, and distance ourselves if, if you want to, stop the endless wars. It starts with us choosing to stop supporting and funding companies that are funding these endless wars. Right here in Orlando, the number one company funding wars is Lockheed Martin. They are killing their employees. I've had experience. I've known some of the people who work there totally stressed for years after working for such companies. But we're going to take a break, give you time to take a deep breath. If you think you need to exit, if you've got a religious mind, you might want to exit now because we're not going to be easy on the religious minds tonight because that's the problem, part of the problem. Naima, your mic's open. Thank you. I think your mic's open. Let's see. Yeah. Thank you, Naima.
6: Do you want to live in a world without war? join our global peace
1: movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin-Suk Kim
0: In to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Soulful Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon.
1: Naima, I don't know where.
3: I'm so confused.
1: Naima, are you on 678 or 312? I'm so confused here tonight. Okay, so let me continue. So we're talking tonight about life lessons in Cuba and um, what we can learn from. A visit to Q, Havana looking in the eyes of the people there, looking at the streets. Hello? Okay, I
3: need to close. Hello? Muted.
1: Yes, I got to close all these mics. Am I closing mics or opening them? I don't know. Okay. I'm closing all the mics. So... um, I'll get to I'll get to your calls in a minute, but I wanna bring in the secret terrorists before we lose the connection here between Castro, the Bay of Pigs, the CIA and Havana's beautiful land where there are generations, just as I experienced in my three day visit, the beautiful generations of Cubans that are flourishing in America. And who are now here fighting for their people in, who are in Havana. And the funny thing is some of them are asking our government for help to deliver them from the communist government that is now in control. Oh, my goodness. Are we going – I don't know what to even say about that. you Are asking this corrupt government that we have for help? That that just seems like a, a worm, of, a bag of troubles to even ask, re- request any assistance from this particular government for anything, anywhere. So here's the deal, um, if you're just joining us. Life Lessons from Cuba is that there are beautiful generations growing, going and, and thriving in Cucavana, but there are also people suffering because of the government there. The government is just as corrupt in Havana now as our government is here. If you don't know how corrupt our government is here, then you have your head in the sand and we won't even go there. But the the fact that we have endless wars tells you how corrupt this government is and how uh, bad it was back in John F. Kennedy's day where his nephew, Robert F. Kennedy, just explained how he was forced into making decisions to attack an island uh, in the Caribbean because they didn't like the fact that they were practicing communism. So they were ready to take the lives of people, uh, human beings, because they don't like the way their government's being run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're in this insane period right now. That's why a book like – the Secret Terrorist is one you should either be reading or at least paying attention about. Let me just read to you a little bit from this book and then if you have questions or comments, feel free to press one or comment in Facebook. I'm not really uh watching YouTube. That's too many uh pad too many obstacles for me. But uh make a comment in Facebook if you have if you're on Facebook or if you want to raise your hand So this book, The Secret Terrorist, starts out with the United States' deadly enemy it will ever have to face. Now, this book was written back in 2002, but it goes back hundreds of years to explain The Secret Terrorist. This enemy is not only the usual military enemy but it has the organization and capability for massive espionage and clandestine operations within the United States. It uses a facade that is virtually perfect to hide its operations. In fact, right now, this enemy is working secretly to undermine the principles that made this country the greatest nation in the world. The enemy has infiltrated the highest levels and departments of the U.S. government, as you just heard from Robert F. Kennedy, infiltrated all the way to the president's office and poses an extreme danger to America. Let us look at a little history and understand the methods of this enemy has used in the past and how it is secretly working today. So fast forward into the pages. And we get to a page that describes
3: the Jesuit function,
1: like the papacy, you know, Pope with the big crown. A secret worldwide police. They are very secretive and go to great lengths to keep their operations secret. They tell no one that they are Jesuits. To all outside appearances, they appear as normal people. One last author will be cited here. They are Jesuits. Quote, they are Jesuits. The society of men, after exerting their tyranny for upwards of 200 years at length, became so formidable to the world, threatening the entire subversion of all social order, that even the Pope, whose devoted subjects they are, let me repeat, Jesuits, even the Pope, whose devoted subjects they are and must be, by the vow of their society, was compelled to dissolve them. Pope Clement suppressed the Jesuit order, Jesuit order in 17th They had not been suppressed, however, for 50 years before the waning influence of popery and despotism required their useful labors to resist the light of democratic liberty. And do Americans need to be told what Jesuits are? How many of you need to be told what Jesuits are? They are a secret society, a sort of Masonic order with super added features of revolting, odiousness, and a thousand times more dangerous. They are not merely priests or of one Religious creed, they are merchants and lawyers and editors and men of any profession having no outward baggage or badge by which to be recognized. They are about in all your society. They can assume any character, that of angels of light or ministers of darkness to accomplish one great end. They are all educated men prepared and sworn to start at any moment and in any direction, for any service commanded by the general of their order bound to no family, community, or country by the ordinary ties which bind them for life to the cause of the Roman
3: Pontiff. cause. So
1: we've been looking at all these events over the last 100 years. Let me just, the table of contents of all the events where the Jesuits the pontiff roman catholic church have influenced these events more than any other element president andrew jackson harrison taylor and blackman president abraham lincoln the the, the sinking of the titanic world war one world war two president john f kennedy the waco massacre the oklahoma city bombing the World Trade Center attack, religious terrorism in America. In other words, the Pope and the Roman Catholic system is running the show, people. The endless wars uh, have been going on for all these years because the Roman Catholic system of Jesuits are greedy, hungry, vicious, evil human elements maybe in sheep in serpent clothing or not that are looking forward to more power and more control. So you've got like the extreme narcissistic power going here over the last hundreds of years that is controlling uh, the activity of even today where we see the Ukraine and Russia situation. We had, in, in Cuba, we had uh, the United States being cast against a communist island, and then Fidel Castro had to look to guess to Russia for help. When the United States tried to attack Havana or Cuba, R- Fidel Castro called on Russia for help. So that's where the Cuban Missile Crisis came in, because... Eventually, uh, Russia came to their support and help, and we're talking about them bringing more weapons to fight America, the United States. So when we look at how these companies, which are, let's keep it in mind, the secret terrorists, J-E-S-U-I-T-S, and Roman Catholic Pope, Papacy, which is the mother... All uh, the mother of all—I forget—the Revelation talks about the the one, the red horse, and the—I the, don't know. Uh, maybe uh, Mikael can help me on that. Uh, what Revelation says about um, the the woman on the horse, the scarlet? Uh, Mikael, are you there? Yes.
7: Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, I'm here.
1: What is what does that say in Revelations about the Scarlet Woman or on the horse? Well,
4: actually, it talks about the Scarlet Woman who says that uh, she really needs in, she's independent. She doesn't need help from anybody, and um, she's you know she's alone. She's going to stay alone, and she you know she's able to pay
3: for herself from whatever transpires and uh there she's a widow, basically. And uh, so and actually that that emblem
4: that emblem is on some I'm trying to think right now. I'm trying to memorize, but that um that's on a seal. That statement is on a seal. And uh Basically, in, in uh, Revelation 13, it it tells how that she's bottom line. She controls all commerce, you know, worldwide, globally, and and
3: consequently, she's uh, she's considered as the you know the ruler of the world.
1: Yes, the whore of all nations, or something like it. Thank you. Um, and that's what we forget. Um, the prophecies in the Bible are, are actually being um, fulfilled right now. Many people are talking about the prophecies. What's going on right now is in the Bible. And so surprise uh,
3: that, uh, why do I keep opening two different phones here? Uh, okay, thank you.
1: Uh, so let me just read one more thing, and then if you have questions, I have comments here. Let me go back to the comments from uh, Facebook. Uh, Zelda says, "Grand Evening Queen, history simply repeats itself. Same same way of being when we let me see. Same way of being when we were children, sixty plus years ago. Slowly but surely discovering evils of the life as we know it. Absolutely, it's books like this." that really open your eyes and remind us who is running the show. And so we don't have to hate each other. In fact, we can stop all this division because it's just a ploy. Uh, and Zelda says it's the reason why there are so many class action lawsuits against creeps. There are, the, yeah, that spiritual um, battle or effort right there. the the lawsuits against these priests um, that are just part of the system. They have have ruled the Jesuits and the Catholic system, the Roman Catholic system have ruled for so long that it has become corrupt at the deepest level, pedophilia. We just heard about this movie, The Sound of Freedom. And um, you can bet that the Jesuits are working hard for that not to bring any um, relevancy to the issue uh, because that opens up a door for people to start questioning. And yet that's not even hitting the surface uh, of what's really going on with these wars. And and that's my point tonight is uh, can we... Can we look at what's going on with these endless wars, a red, red, red flag to take action individually in the choices we make in what we consume and how we spend our money? Here's another quote about Kennedy and after he was killed. The day after Kennedy was killed, the decision to stop America's involvement in Vietnam was reversed. He he didn't want to go to Vietnam, but boom, boom, you're out. That decision was reversed, and the Vatican program continued. I I would have had no idea that going to Vietnam was a Vatican program, just like World War II and Hitler was a Vatican program. That's a chapter in here that you have. I can't even go into that chapter. It's so deep. Hitler was a Vatican program and the United States government was full fledged in on it. That's what this book reveals. Full 100% in on it. So we can't be blaming Hitler as the only evil in this whole situation. Where people are like, oh, you know, Kanye West came out and said he loved Hitler and they lost their effing minds when he said that. But if anything, uh, what um, yay was pointing out was that he's not the problem. Hitler wasn't the real problem. There was a whole Vatican system, a united states c i a system. There were several systems feeding Hitler and the the whole holocaust situation. so it goes on to say. The Vatican's moral statement also revealed another reason for the Jesuits wanting to continue the war. They would make billions of dollars in the international drug trade. Imagine that. For the last four centuries, four centuries, the Jesuits have been involved in the Far East drug trade and they certainly did not want to lose this opportunity, even if it meant the lives of millions of people. That's what's so evil and demonstrative about this whole truth that people may not want to accept. They're making their their goal and their intention is just to make billions of dollars. So who do you think's one in the pharmaceutical industry? Hmm all about drug trade, making lots of money, and killing more people. How how much more wicked can it be? Billions of dollars making this. So here, let's get into the companies. Let's see, where are we on the break? The companies that are involved in funding the war, which will give you an idea of who's behind them. Because as I just read to you, they wanted the Vietnam War to continue or go on why so they could make billions of more money and especially in drugs in the drug trade blows my mind how wicked a system we live amongst and we have the power to change it if we choose so here let me just give you a list of all the companies you're funding and I'm funding on many levels because we support them in our consumerism and until we stop and think about where our money is going, you are the problem, I'm the problem, because we are unconsciously funding these billion-dollar companies that are, that are making war weapons of war and sending our soldiers over there to die for what? For the Jesuits and the Vatican Empire to grow richer and richer. So here's a couple of companies that are funding work. Shell Gas Station, Exxon Gas Station, Mobile Gas Station, Chevron, Philips 66, BP, uh, Sinopec, I don't even know who they are, Uh, Raytheon, uh, Lockheed Martin, as I said, they're the biggest, number one, number one. uh, Military contractor is Lockheed Martin right here in Orlando, Florida. And as I said, I worked for someone who retired from that company. And he said after he retired, he was on the floor a whole year. He couldn't get up off the floor. He was so stressed out from working for a military industrial complex, the number one. And he told me every day at that company, an ambulance showed up because people were having heart attacks or some health problem was going on. So this is the consequence of these companies participating in this very evil uh, empire. And then you've got Boeing, who's, of course, making equipment, General Dynamics, Northrop, Grunman, whoever they, Honeywell, and uh, who knows a number of others. But those are the major ones. So. How many of you can pass up on Shell, Exxon Mobil, Chevron, Philips sixty six, BP, and Sinopec? How easy would it be for you to just drive right by and not put your money into those companies? Lockheed Martin, they're gonna pay on a I think on a higher level, being number one in feeding the evil empire, you're gonna get yours from on high is how I see it. They're being dealt with just as a, a tornado ripped through, I think it was ago, A tornado ripped through, I think it was North Carolina or Tennessee, ripped through a town and destroyed a Pfizer work war, uh, war warehouse in one hour. The warehouse was taken out by a tornado, or uh, hurt, no, by a tornado. Justice is coming to all of these companies. But my experience in Cuba was just so awakening for me to ask questions and to have synchronicity show up to ask why, what is going on in our world and can we make a difference, can we make changes. If you have any questions at this point um, about the secret terrorist, the history, oh, uh, any questions? Because I want to talk to you about the language of uh, Cuba, Spanish. Espanol. Any questions? Press 1. I think Kusi. Well, we've got, it's 9 o'clock again. We're at the top of the hour. And Naima, let me know if you're ready. 312721. Okay. So let me know when you're ready. Okay, when you're ready um, for another break, but I believe it was Kofi who asked me to open up his mic again. So, Kofi 312597, I think that's him. Your mic is open.
2: Okay, thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. uh... Well, the the Bay of Pigs actually started back in 1812 when a pig was eating on somebody's property and the British started the war. So the the Bay of Pigs war with Cuba, uh, Fidel, he was in power for two years controlling the military, trying to control the resources of the American businesses. And they didn't like that. He had too much power. The The Idaho actually started it Kennedy be inherited, okay? Only four a military, United States men would die. Hundreds of Cuban military died. Yes, it is a fact. This is history. Where are we at today? I'm a peacemaker, okay? And this is what we all should become, a peacemaker. I'm telling you, I'm not the only one. This is where we're at. We can talk about the issues. But you call yourself sole purpose. We have a female solution, which is everybody's talking about solutions. And so I just call for us to be peacemakers. And whatever whatever area that you have, folks are doing good in America. Okay, you got this in Boston Celtics. You got presented a 300 million dollar contract. He wants to start Wall Street businesses all over the country. Okay, there are things happening. We just don't know, okay? War is at a standstill because people want better. Yes, our presidents are selected by the 13 families. And, I mean, I've been through eight presidents, you know. I'm the one that tell everybody Abraham Lincoln was black, <laughs> okay? He gave 200,000 sold freedmen rifles, sent lawyers, Game of horse and wagons to get the get the off, the off the breeding farms. Okay, that's a part of peacemaking, explaining history so it doesn't repeat itself. And I'll say this and I'll stop talking. One of the greatest weapons of peacemaking is respect and love. Respect and love, and that way you can come to an agreement is a song by David Manson. You all look it up, YouTube called We Just Disagree. There is no good man, there is no bad man, it's only you and me and we just disagree. That is where the peacemaking starts right there. Okay. We disagree, okay. But we're gonna come to an agreement. Okay. And I want to I was adding that because you're saying all this stuff going on in the world, but we have peacemakers here. They're not just preachers and ministers. <laughs> They're common people like you and me. Yeah. So I want you Thank to, you. I want you. Thank I,
3: you.
1: Thank you, Brother Kufi. We're going to go to a break and uh, stay with us. And, yes, I totally agree with you. Among us citizens of the United States, we need to be peacemakers. We need to stop looking at your the color of someone's skin As a reason to judge them or hate them or any other negative emotions toward them, this is what the Jesuit papacy, Pope, Roman order wants us to do: is divide and and hate each other. Yes, among all of human, we need to love each other like crazy. Love each other, embrace your neighbor, embrace your neighbor, embrace your next door uh, statehood. But this system has to come down with choices we make. If we stop funding companies that are funding the wars, they cannot survive. That's how, and here's the other thing, and then we're going to a break. The most high creators looking down on us to make different choices, people. We're so complacent here in the United States. Coming back here from Havana, you realize how greedy we are. The meal, they don't have a lot of food over there. And I was looking at um a, a video today about why Koreans are so thin. They have small portions of food that they eat, and they don't have three huge meals a day. Here in the United States, we got these huge portions of food we're eating. We're being gluttoned, and we're complacent because we got a car and we got a nice house and we got and that's what the Jesuits love. They want to make everybody happy in their house, and there're this food. We got so many toys. There are no fast food restaurants in Havana. Thank goodness. Uh, Castro pushed out most of that mess, and even the corporates, the companies that make better cars, that would have been, a I think, a better thing to keep. But whatever. Their lives are simple. Their lives are, are, are simple and less complicated because they don't have a grocery store with seven or eight aisles that confuse the hell out of people on what they're supposed to put in their bodies. So when we come back, we want to talk about the word sin, which is different in Spanish than it is in English, but yet that's what we saw in advertisements, billboards everywhere. When we first got off the plane, I started noticing the word S-I-N mixed in with other Spanish words. I thought, that's weird. What does that mean? So we'll be back. We're going to talk about language and how it can program people in the way that it did for many of the Cuban listeners. Unmuted. Um, so, Naima, your mic is open. We're going to the next commercial break. We'll be right back. Hi,
2: this is John Alexander.
1: And I'm Naima Latif. Meet people like you who are making a positive
0: difference in the world. Big difference. Watch us every day on The Media Connection at www.youtube.com slash The Media Connection TV.
2: We'll
7: see you soon.
0: There are people who choose to make a positive difference in the world. Our job is to bring you their stories to motivate you to do the same. Join us each week, host John Alexander and Naima Latif, as we bring you the educators, entertainers, elected officials, religious leaders, and community activists whose works are transforming this world. Find out how you can make a difference, too. Be inspired. Watch The Media Connection. Mondays at 5 p.m. and Tuesdays at 12 noon on Cable TV, Channel 19 in Chicago. And other cities, check your local cable listings.
6: Do you worry about finances, family, health, jobs, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down to earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul, whether you wanna learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type two diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, Go to Zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code THE Female solution and get free shipping. That's Zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit Zeldaspeaks.com.
1: joy and i'm reverend rosemary join us every second saturday of the month 12 noon to 2 p.m central time here on the female solution global radio tv show for neighborship of joy we'll have powerful conversations inviting women to walk in the light so call in 515-605-9325 and press one to speak to the host you can also join us live on the Female Solution Facebook page and YouTube channel. So we'll see you on the second Saturday on The Neighborship of George. So we're back. If you're uh listening in the studio, you can always join us on YouTube. I'm on YouTube, uh, Viana's Tiny House Village. And we're also on Facebook Live, Soul Healing. So uh those are you've got several options on how to listen or comment in fact. Um, so we've got even on Facebook, um Zelda's gonna have a show tomorrow, the chocolate houses rebuild with author, filmmaker, educator Okima Seven Gun on Monday morning mindfulness. So be sure and come back tomorrow morning at seven central and eight Eastern. So we're talking, since so you just joined us, we're talking about uh the life lessons from three days in Havana, Cuba. And they just kept going and going and going. Even after I got back here and read this amazing book about the secret terrorists. So what caught my attention when we first got to Havana, as we were driving from the airport to our uh, house, we stayed in the whole house, all thirty dollars a day. Couldn't ask for a better price, and the house was clean. In Cuba, there are no screens on the windows. There are no glass. And I'm surprised we didn't see more bugs than we saw, because there's no screens and very little air conditioning. No air conditioning in cars, so you sweat a lot there, uh, at least in the area that we were in. But the word sin, S-I-N, was being communicated throughout Havana. Um, And it means Spanish, to need or desire. So it was used in all sorts of ways to um, follow something you need or something. In fact, um, Havana uh, something sin would be Havana. You need Havana. You need this. You need this experience to be sin. The word sin could be used for that. On the other hand, it became to me almost a subliminal message by the Catholic Church. That you need us, you're a sinner. I, I just couldn't help but see that later as subliminal. All day you're looking at this message, sin, 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 which means you're in need or without. You're not having something. You're lacking something. In Spanish, but in English, the English trans uh, definition of sin is transgression of law. Offense against or moral or religious law. Now think about that. If you're seeing that in Havana all day, every day, and you need um, food, but you're seeing sin, and Catholicism is the only, I think, religion that actually that's actually the most popular. I would say if at all. Even though it's a communist country, uh, there are some people who practice uh uh Catholicism there. And then there might be some Hebrew Israelites I hear uh in the outskirts somewhere. So you might have hidden or uh religious group. Um okay, Craig Van, thank you, Craig. Craig Van says you are right, that's exactly what it means. Um, so, Craig, if you want to elaborate on that, feel free and call in and press run. But, um, so because I've had this interpretation, and I'm wondering if other people have had the same interpretation when they have this knowledge or awareness that seeing that word sin, which in our English language is nothing but uh, transgression of a religious law uh, or an offense against the Catholic Church, because listen here, soul purpose healing is all about for the last nine years, my, my understanding, inner standing, understanding, overstanding has developed to be bringing us back into alignment with the truth of the most high creator of the universe, not man's way of doing things. So looking at the word sin and being in a place where there's poverty and people are starving, and you're thinking all day, I need something. And you, on the other hand, you say, well, if you're the law, you need the church, you need the Roman Catholic Church, you need the Catholicism, you need religion. But the Creator doesn't see sin that way, in my view, in my experience. That's that's not how our Creator looks at sin, uh, or the transgression of whose law? Whose law are, are we transgressing from? when uh we look at the word spend. So in Hispanic culture or in the Cuban culture, their their greatest need, as one gentleman told us, is food and money. Dama dinero is a phrase I learned when I was like five years old. My uncle taught my sisters and I our first Spanish words were Dama dinero, Dama Dinero. Give me some money. I don't know why. My uncle was a businessman, and for some reason, he thought we should know how to say Dama Dinero in Spanish. And so, we never really used it, but other than to know and be aware of the word dinero means money, and Dama Dinero, give me some money. But that's the cry of of a majority or a lot of Cuban people give me some money, Dama Dinero, Dama Dinero. And so, when you see the word sin, it says you're in need, and the Catholic Church is the influence in that land, um, you're having a, a, a darkness put over you of shame, in my opinion. You're the the whole. There's a darkness over Havana, and I think now that I've reflected on the, my visit and. And my visit and, and all that I've, that I've dreamed about the last week and thought about, there's a, a spirit of darkness over Havana, and it's shame. That word sin was everywhere, everywhere, everywhere you look. It is, and so here, okay, so Craig is bringing us some knowledge and enlightenment. He says, sin is a British archaic term from old archery meaning to miss the mark or to miss the target. It only goes as far back as Britain. The word from the Semitic languages for a separation from God is totally different. I don't know what it is. But the definition itself is natural instincts run amok.
3: So your natural instinct, when
1: you come into a spiritual intimate relationship with the Most High is that you're not in need. What says the, um, Yahuwah is my shepherd, I shall not want. When you have a close, intimate relationship with the Creator, with Spirit, with the Most High, you shall not want. So the people in Havana are in need because they are starving for spiritual food in my opinion. There's no spiritual food there. The the fast foods and the commercialism and all that is, is not there. They the, the 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 communistic government has taken away a lot of the choices from the people of Havana Cuba. They don't have as many choices. That's the that's one of the main differences in visiting a country like that and staying here in the United States where there's choices galore. Uh, you don't have a lot of choices in Havana. In fact, my sister was asking me, well, what do you do if you get hungry at midnight? You better have an orange or an apple or something in the house, but there's no going to 7-Eleven for some chips and and junk food, that's for sure. And that's the type of lifestyle we're so used to. If you want to eat at 12 o'clock midnight, you can go out to 7-Eleven and and buy some junk food and get fat. That's why we have an obesity problem in the United States, because everything's open for eating 24-7. It says it is natural to eat, but when it becomes a lifestyle, it separates from the higher self. Procreation is the same. It's natural to be angry. But when it becomes an addiction to rage, it becomes wrath. So natural instincts magnified that take us away from our center. So just reflect on that thought for a minute. Um, Natural instincts magnified take us away from our center. And what is our center? Our center is in a vertical relationship with the cosmic order of things,
3: a vertical
1: relationship with nature all around us. That's our center. If we don't have that, you're in sin or need or without. and that's what what's missing in the culture there is that there it, there's a void in them for that natural. Relationship with the Creator, with love, with nature, with spirituality, meditation—those uh, things are missing when you're looking for food. As your your what's missing in your life is food. And if you don't, if we don't get our center back, then we those that's when addictions show up. They don't they're, they're, Thank goodness, there's no possibility. I don't think of alcohol addictions in uh, Cuba or Havana because there, I don't remember seeing any alcohol uh, uh, liquor stores there. I don't think there are any liquor stores. I didn't see any liquor stores. Now, there were restaurants serving beer uh, for mainly for tourists, but um, there were no retail stores. Uh, providing uh, drugs
3: for the masses like we do, easily.
1: And so now we're in a place of waking up, waking up, waking up. And this was just my contribution for having a desire to visit this place. I don't even know why um, I had this strong desire to go to Cuba. It was just something that in the back of my, I think in the back of my mind, or deep, maybe in my last life or something. Maybe I was a human in my last life or something. But when the when the topic came up, when the the opportunity came up, I said, "Ooh, ooh, yeah, that that's like a bucket list item. Yeah, let's do it." And so we waited and waited and to, to see what the plan would be, what the plan would be, and then, okay, we're moving forward, we're moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need to go to the Havana. We need to go to Havana. I didn't know what, really why other than it's a mystery for many of us in the United States because it's been off-limits off for um, political reasons because our government is insane. That's why. Uh, Using the evil motives of the CIA, the the um, the, uh, the war, the military industrial that is on a mission to kill more people and make more money, and that's what this book reveals in a in a in a heart in a summary is the mission by the Jesuits and the papacy. The Roman Catholic system to make
3: more money and kill more people. The secret terrorist. Blaming.
1: Let's stop blaming each other. Let's get back to loving one another and hating the system. Loving one another and hating the system, not each other. This is the wrong, we went on a wrong path here of judging. Every time we hear racism, I think that's just a distraction by the left or whoever you want to call. It's not even about left or right. It's about anybody who keeps pointing out that we need to treat people differently because of the color of their skin. That's all in the agenda or the plan of the Jesuits to distract us from the terrorists. There, This has just been a crazy drama show that we can wake up from and start doing things differently. And Craig says in Spanish, si no compras algo para muchachos. El sevas ecuador thin Ropa. If you don't buy anything for that young man, he will be without clothing to be needy, lacking If you don't buy something for that young man, he will be without clothing to be needy, lacking. We met a um a couple uh, on our walk. In Havana, we met a couple uh, who talked to us about the the income of doctors in Havana. Of course, the government pays for the education of medical students. The government pays for a lot of uh, education. In fact, probably all the education uh, in Havana. We were right down the street from the university of Havana. We passed by it several times as we walked. And this young lady who had graduated and was working in a clinic and just as skinny as she, I couldn't believe how small, I, she looked like she was about 15 years old, but she had to be a lot older because she had been in the medical school and uh, she was making, I think it was $45 a month. 45 US dollars a month as a doctor in Havana. So, I know that sounds like absolutely crazy, but when you consider all the money that the government invested in her education and eh, payback time or there's no reason uh for you to make more than that uh when you're provided, they might even be providing her housing. Uh, Who knows what else they're providing? She didn't look like she was poorly dressed. She was just very thin. But then a lot of people in Havana were very thin. And her friend was explaining, because she didn't speak very good English, and her friend was explaining how she loved her job. She's the first person that uh, uh, residents or uh, citizens see when they have a health issue. And evidently, people are, the doctors are just laying around uh, doing nothing in Havana. They're not very busy in Havana because I don't think they're very sick there because McDonald's is missing, Chick-fil-A is missing, and so many other destructive food, chemical sources. Let's not even call them food, chemical sources. So what I did, when, when I sat there with my eyes wide open, listening to this, these, the story or explanation of education in Havana, I was in ty- kind of in shock. And we were carrying around um, U.S. dollars in our pocket because we were told, you know, the citizens like to get U.S. dollars. I pulled out of my pocket every dollar I had in my pocket, which was probably around 10 or 15 $1 bills. I wrote it up, just gave tried to give it to her. She said, oh, no, no, no. And he said, she doesn't want to take shit. I said, listen. You give it to your family. You give it to your family. I was almost in tears uh, hearing about her story alone and just wanting to give more. So thank you, Craig. If you don't buy something for that young man or even give money in Havana, they will be without clothing or be needy or lacking. I don't know if she would have been lacking if I hadn't given her that money, but I would have been lacking in my need to give more, give to the people there, because I'm I'm rich compared to what they're going. Some of them are going through. I am totally. I'm so wealthy now. I don't. I can't. I don't dare complain about anything. I haven't really. But even more so after my visit, I have to train myself not to complain about anything. And I hope after this show that you will consider how wealthy you are and that you are not in need, especially if you consider yourself, quote, a Christian, and who is your shepherd? And you shall not be in want is what the the word says. The scripture says you have a shepherd. Who is your shepherd? The question I think Americans or Christians need to be asking is who's your shepherd? Are you in work? Because Cubans don't have a shepherd that I could see, at least especially not visibly. And even spiritually, they're lacking in a spiritual shepherd, it appears, because there were lots of frowns painted on people's faces as we walked the streets of Havana. And even if you say, hola, buenos dias,
3: so the dark
1: energy over that area is real, but it's hopeful when we visit. And many of the Cubans here in America are taking big bundles. There there were people um in um in line for baggage check with huge bundles of goods going to Havana. So the, the Havana the Cubans who come to America they make better money, they go back and spend money in their country, and they help their relatives and so we can at least be grateful for the ones who um the ones who are heartfelt and who are need who need to give that's the message for us with the jesuits the Catholic Church. And all these uh, wicked institutions taking lives, taking lives, draining people of their respect, child trafficking, sex trafficking, they're taking, taking, taking. So we should have a need to give, give, give to each other. Love, 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 love. Respect, respect, respect. Patience, patience, patience. And more love. We can't give enough love when you consider all the hate out there, all the wickedness out there. And here's one more thing about uh, religion the other day, and then we're going to go to our last commercial. Jesus was not a Christian. Buddha was not a Buddhist. And Muhammad was not a Muslim. They were teachers of love. And for all of you still out there practicing your religion, you're the problem. And I might lose friends from that. But you're the problem because the Catholic system, the papacy, is over all of these denominations in some way, shape, or form. They're running the religious denominational circle of deceit, lies, and untruth. Time for us to get into spiritual worship with our breath, with meditation, to our Native American uh, routines of, in nature. Let us get back to nature and out of the, the buildings that are promoting religious, Catholic, Roman, papacy, Jesuit order of things because that's what's funding the many war, unending wars that are killing, killing, taking lives, taking lives. And it's time for us as conscious people to be needy, needing to give more love because to offset all the wickedness that's going on. So we'll be right back. Uh, We're going to our last break. Unmuted. And thank you for hanging in there. For those of you who are still there, we'll be right back.
3: Are you constantly arguing with your spouse? Are your children misbehaving
4: and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. We offer individual, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams, CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. Oh man, God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime
0: to pay it.
1: Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out and we're sitting up here all day in the dark.
0: Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun you can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456, and schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456.
3: muted.
1: All right, we're back. Uh, so we've been talking about life lessons from Cuba. If any of you have ever traveled to Cuba, I would love to hear from you what your perspective was or is. And um, have you ever, I guess many of you probably haven't read The Secret Chair. It's an excellent, excellent revelation, insight on what's really going on in our world and what we can do about it. I think it points out to us, after reading something like this, it points out to us we have choices every day on whether to fund these endless wars by our with our money. Wherever that, even if you're in, say, a, a, a financial plan, you need to be more concerned about where they're investing your money if you have a 401k or whatever you need to be asking what type of uh companies are you in, are they investing in doesn't matter whether they're making money for you or not this is a crucial time that we're all going through on this planet to come out of our deceptions and our complacency and start looking at the companies that are fueling the many endless wars that are killing our brothers and sisters all over the world. Right now, Ukraine has experienced uh, lots of deaths. The children, they don't care. Blood is nothing. Spilling blood is nothing for the Jesuits and the, uh, the Roman system, Roman Catholic system. And again, if you're in still in a religious mind and you're not being open-minded to an intimate relationship with the cosmic universe and the spiritual aspect of nature, the creator's love in nature, the relationship in nature, then in some way we're fueling the wars because that's the whole Roman Catholic influence over religion is to keep us in a mind that says we have to be obedient to uh the law, the religious law instead of freely loving ourselves first and and loving our brothers no matter their skin color because it's not about skin color at all. you go to that's the one thing you begin to notice. Uh, in Havana, the skin colors are just as diverse as ever. Hair, style, color, everything is diverse. It's all about being a Cuban. It's not about being black or white or being affiliated with any particular party. You speak Spanish. You're a Cuban. You live there. You love each other. You try and love each other, at least. And then uh, as... um, As Craig said, if you don't buy something for that young man, he will be without clothing to be needy or lacking. And that's uh, the truth of the matter. So I'd like to go into a meditation now and help you think about what choices you can make that will influence the end of the endless wars in this world that are being fueled by the secret terrorists. This is the key to know what, what this book says is to know that the secret terrorists are truly the worst kind that have, have no value in life of any form. All they're interested in is money and power, money and power. Billions And all of these companies, by the way, that I mentioned that are funding wars, they're making billions of dollars, billions of dollars. Let me uh, read the list again of the made the top companies that are feeding the military industrial complex. And then you have a choice to make on well, what difference can you make reducing the possibility of endless wars. Shell, as I'm sure many of you think, Shell Gas Station, Exxon, Mobile, Mobile. Chevron,
3: Philip 66, VP,
1: Sinopec, Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, can't do much about them, but they're being dealt with on a whole nother level. BAE Systems, if anybody knows anything about any of these companies, let us know. General Dynamics, Boeing. General Dynamics, okay, Northrop Grumman Honeywell. And um, in 2009, just to give you an idea, uh, Lockheed Martin, oh, 2020, they've been, Lockheed Martin has been in the number one position for the last, since 2009. They sold $58.2 billion worth of arms and military services in 2020 alone. So if you look at how the pharmaceutical is raking up billions of dollars, then Lockheed Martin is making bill They're both really making money on the same type of service. Drugs and um, weapons against the human body and drugs and, and weapons against other countries and drug distribution. Billions of dollars are made in this country alone, just alone, on drugs and military equipment. What is, how does that make you feel to consider how we contribute to these endless wars? They're not just over there. When we are making decisions here in this country that keep feeding those wars. And we've been so complacent in this for so long, but that is why I believe the creator, Most High, sent me to Havana to bring back a different perspective about our complacency, about the faces that I saw, the streets that I saw, all the ghetto is everywhere for sure, and yet we fight these wars. I'm sure if you were to visit Ukraine, You would see the same experience, you'd have the same experience of grieving people and face-to-face, learning to love their faces, talking to them, experiencing their hurt and their pain and their suffering, and then realizing that's not my enemy. That's not my enemy at all. So um, let's see, we got another uh, comment here. Naima Latif says, the problem with religion is that people imagine God to be like their dysfunctional parents. They think the creator of the universe is impatient, condemning, punitive, egotistical, and unfair when it comes to equal treatment of siblings. Excellent point. And once we, um, I think once we spend time, more time in nature, all of those characteristics just are erased and wiped away. You don't see nature as impatient. You don't see nature as condemning punitive ego or unfair. In fact, when you sit at the beach, just, just take the beach alone. Sitting, watching waves come up and uh, the sand and the sun come up, no judgment on that at all. That's our creator. That's our creator's love. Who would give us those type of peaceful energies and still condemn us, punish us, and treat us unfairly? Nature is what it is. It's always a lesson in nature, but it's never unloving. Never unloving. Even a tornado wiping out Pfizer's warehouse and fifty million drugs. Not nothing bad about that. Nah, good. Thank you. So if we can spend more time in nature, the religion has to go. We don't need religion. When you have an intimate relationship with birds and bees and, uh, and insects, and learn not to hate or fear insects or bugs, but actually embrace the lessons and the energy that they bring. And then we have Craig say, intergenerational trauma and organized religion do not mix. Wish Kwame would speak on that. I don't, you know what, I don't know, I don't even think Kwame, yeah, Kwame's not here tonight, but I do too. I think he should speak on that. Uh, Maybe we can catch him tomorrow. Uh, Thank you, Craig. That's a great point, intergenerational trauma and organized religion but nature mixes with all of that that's what that's what's going to heal the intergenerational trauma when we get out of the concrete reservations and and begin to let go of our traditions that we've been in and that are and more than that our parents as naima mentioned we have we get away from what our parents and our caretakers taught us about religion and we do the the unusual Native American festival, all those things, nature, 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 and then we're gonna heal the traumas. And and we'll have no need for uh, organized religion. And so Zelda says, Me too, Craig, Baba Kwame, we missed you. Yeah, I don't know where he is. Somebody has need to call him. <laughs> He's usually here, but I know he gets caught up in doing all kinds of busy things. Nature nurtures, our save, one of our favorite phrases. And uh, let's see, Naima says, as long as people, oh, okay, we got this. Okay, as long as people imagine God who like their dysfunctional parents, they will never comprehend the message of unconditional love, equality, compassion, and joy that is continually expressed through those who bring inspiration to humanity from the creator of the universe. So, so true. So, so true. So, I know this has been a lot to take in. So, I thank you for being here and being patient and listening to uh, what I share, what I'm sharing from my experience in a, a land that was just amazing to me. And as I said, for those of you who missed it, my favorite part about my journey was being with a family where four generations were present. We had a whole day spending with a beautiful family inside and out where we the age levels were from two, no, nine months, two years old, and then their parents, who I'm not sure what their age is, they're probably in their 40s, so that's two generations myself my partner and a friend our friend we were another baby boomer generation and then we had i believe there were two grandparents there with us from cuba from havana favorite part of the journey for me interacting with these beautiful souls getting to know them we're now family the family the family went back to um tennessee i believe and um the one person who guided us on throughout uh, Havana was a tall, dark, and handsome, and I mean really tall, dark, and handsome hunk uh, for the day, and so uh, we got to really enjoy all that good energy from the people that became really close to us and who will continue to be close to us even after that adventure, best part of the journey, and then, of course, the lessons had to come. And I'm here sharing them with you, so let us go into a meditation and consider what is your role what can your what part can you play to not only help the Cuban people um come out of that darkness? Of course, prayer would be my number one suggestion is to pray for the Cuban people to have a they're ready they're ready to come out of communism at least the leadership that they currently have. When Fidel Castro was their leader, I don't know if there was much protest because he was there for 50, over 50 years or something. I mean, he reigned for so long and you may have heard this in pieces of protest, but for the most part, I think people were happy with Fidel Castro. You can look that up and and make your own decision, but now it's worse because the communists regime or government is very uh hostile, I guess, and suppressive and controlling and looking at the streets and the people's sad faces, there's definitely some darkness there. So we want to lift up our brothers, um and sisters in
3: in uh Cuba and pray for deliverance
1: for them from uh that government what you can do individually to stop feeding the endless war machine. We have. It's up to us. It's really up to us. Otherwise, the Jesuit order of things and the Roman Catholic papacy of things will continue to deceive, divide, and keep us in complacency. They'll come out with new cars, uh, new new toys new consumer items. Every day on the internet, there's a new consumer item. It was, it was never ending the wars and the consumer goods that are distracting us from what we can do to make a difference in this planet to stop the evil and the wars and the lack of love in our neighborhood. So I'm going to play earth my body, water my blood for a few minutes to just take some deep breaths in and out and consider what we can do to make a difference.
7: Earth,
8: my body, water, my air, my breath and fire, my spirit. Earth, my body, water, my Hear my breath and fire my spirit.
3: I like to sing to the earth. I like. She likes to sing to. I like. I carry fistfuls of thee. I make
8: of
7: this moon, my
8: women have suffered wounds,
3: but my grandmother,
7: close your eyes, can't you
8: see, and my grandchildren are here. The rose, the crow and the Deer. I am surrounded by light, a light of story. I need to quiet my mind. I need We are surrounded by light, a light of story.
3: We need to quiet Earth's my body Inhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, one more time, deeply,
1: inhale, deeply, and exhale. And may we all remember, Earth, my body, applies to every single one of us, no matter what our color or culture or nationality is. So let us love our Earth. Mother Earth and our sisters and brothers, our neighbors, our friends, more and more than ever and hate the systems that are promoting endless wars, dying drugs and greed. Hate those systems and let us create new systems of love, unity, and shalom. So everybody, don't forget tomorrow Zelda will be here. Uh, and so we want to join her in the morning with more breathing and her show tomorrow, Chocolate Houses We Build with author, filmmaker, educator, Okima Seven Guns. All right, everybody have a joyful evening. Stay enjoy. That's what digest your food well. And sleep well. And have a beautiful week, being very mindful of passing up all those places, Sun, Shell, Mobile, Chevron, Phillips, BP, CinePac, that are funding these endless wars. And we're going to say thank you now to our good.
0: to the end of our show today but you can hear every show in the archives at wwwballtalkradiocom forward slash the dash female solution you can also hear today's show on the female solution facebook page go to www.facebook.com slash the female solution leave your comments about today's show And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Xie Xie, Japan, yeah. Korea, yeah. Kamsanida, Russia, yeah. spasiba.
1: Germany, yeah. Danke, Poland,
0: okay. John France, yeah. merci. Spain, okay. Gracias, Italy, Gracias, Egypt, okay. Shukran, Ghana, Medassi, Nigeria, uh-huh. Eshe, South Africa, Giabonga, Senegal, Jerez, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukria. Saudi Arabia. Ooh. Shukran. Good As-salamu wa rahmatullahi wa um. Thank you. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings. Thank you for using
3: Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.